Welcome to episode 41 of the IU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. This week, we visit with former Eastern Illinois football player Donovan Johnson. Johnson played for the Panthers from 2006 to 2008 after transferring from Arkansas. On today's episode, Johnson talks about his time playing football, his decision to transfer to Eastern Illinois, what got him interested in following a career in the medical field, and what the future holds for him as he wraps up his medical fellowship this year in Colorado. If you like this episode of EIU Panthers podcast and want to hear archived episodes, then be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can search EIU Panthers podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. To learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business, then be sure to visit consolidated.com. In EIU Athletics news this week, EIU baseball and softball are home this weekend as the Panthers softball team wraps up the 2021 regular season. The baseball team still has one more home weekend of games remaining in the regular season. The Panthers track and field teams wrap up the regular season this week before hosting the Ohio Valley Conference Outdoor Track Championships next week. For the latest information, schedules, stats, and results from Eastern Illinois Athletics, be sure to visit us online at the official athletic website. EIUPanthers.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former Eastern Illinois football player, Dr. Donovan Johnson. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're now joined by a a former EIU football player turned doctor here, and and I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that that word and people that, that know him will be very excited to, to know that Donovan Johnson, who used to terrorize people as a defensive end for the Panthers back in the 2000s, is now helping put people back together now as a, a doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy how time flies, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think last time I touched a football field was Tennessee Tech University in 2008, you know, with that man, Vito. But, um, and I still remember looking up at the lights and you know, count down. I was like, man, like, I guess this is it, you know? And I'll, you know, what's the next step? And I guess my mind completely switched and went straight to the medicine route. And, um, you know, fast forward now, 13, almost 14 years later, I'm all <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were talking about that before we started here is what a, what a lengthy process that is. And I, I think, Sometimes people don't understand that, that how long it is to, to be a doctor. You go to the regular school, your four years, and then sometimes a master's program, doctor school. And then, so you, you've been out of the medical school for a while, but it's the, the residency and, and the, the learning your trade that actually extend your, your, your process a little bit longer. Yes, correct. Um, med school, well, to me, it, it took me a couple of tries to get in. Um, uh, once I got in there, it was four years of med school five years of orthopedic training um, just to be an orthopedic surgeon. And I'm doing one more year of a fellowship in sports medicine um, to, uh, with the hopes and dreams to, to, you know, have my own football team and basketball team one day. Um, and so it's, it's pretty lengthy. It's about a good decade from the time you finish college to I can say like I'm finally finished. So now we'll get into what, what got you interested in medicine, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, about the football there. And we talked about you, you played here at Eastern Donovan and, you talked about the last time you were on the football field in, in 2008, but football for you, and I, I know it's hard for people to give up, but for you, I got to imagine that 
it's been something not only you grew up with a little as a little kid, but it was in it's been in your blood. Your your father played in the NFL. You've got brothers that played in college and played in the NFL. So what was I guess that experience like growing up being in a a football family where did you ever have a choice to play anything but football? Uh, no. <laughs> I wasn't really that good until like my junior senior year in, in high school, to be honest. Like I was like the little scrawny kid and um, you know, I was probably a buck 50 and they put me on a defense line. It was like, what's going on? So I used to get tossed around and my, my junior year, I really kind of got into it. And my senior year, I really kind of got, you know, really good in terms of like just being upset all the time. I got tired of pushing around. I spent more hours in the weight room and kind of whipped myself up in there. But yeah, my family, I mean, we are really extremely competitive in terms of, um, you know, the teams we cheer for and teams we played for. and um, But it was always good to kind of have older brothers who played as well. And then my dad, um, you know, it was always you know, good to kind of ask questions and how to learn the game. But football talk teaches so much, you know. You, you learn the game and you learn how to play well and you learn how to be a really good teammate. And it also transpired to kind of what I do right now. I mean, you have to be a really good teammate. You got to be you gotta listen. You got to be lead, a leader as well in certain scenarios. Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of fortunate and blessed to kind of have a, a backing that, you know, started fairly early, you know, to kind of get this route and go this route of what I'm doing right now. So Now for you, you, you talked about you, you were kind of a, a late bloomer there, but a, a late bloomer that late blooming in terms of playing football, it must have been pretty good because you started your career at Arkansas, which is mm -hmm. in the SEC. You did not start at Eastern Illinois. And we'll, we'll talk about how you got there, but kind of, I guess, what was that recruiting process like you're, you're from originally from Alabama for people that may not know that and so football in Alabama is a lifeblood it's like go to church and play football those are probably pretty equal to each other and so what, what was that process like being recruited I guess from a power five school a lot of our kids and athletes don't necessarily have that opportunity they they always mm -hmm. wonder what that's like yeah it was pretty fun I mean I, I still recall my um days when I went on visits and stuff and, you know, checked out the, the universities and the players and looked at the campus and those things, you know, those things kind of, you know, it, it was good to do those things because you really can kind of pick and choose kind of what you want. You know, I didn't have a, a lot of options when I was leaving high school, but, um, you know, Arkansas for me was a, a place my oldest brother played at. And so we grew up in Alabama Razorbacks fans, which was like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's either all Alabama or Auburn. I still support, you know, Alabama. But, um, but growing up, it's like, you know, we, we always call the Hogs. We went to the games. My brother played at Tennessee. Um, uh, the big fumble, we was at that game. You know, um, they both team was undefeated from going to Auburn, going to Georgia. So we had a really good um, experience of kids of, like, seeing big-time, like, football games and SEC football games and you know um, Arkansas for me just kind of felt like a second hole uh, and that was the reason why I kind of went there it was like I, I knew the people there um, coach Nett who was his coach um, it was my coach so you know we, we kind of had that family tradition and you know coach Nett you know I still remember he came to my grandmother's house and met the brother and stuff and it was like pretty cool so now you go there you're there for two years and and it, it doesn't always work out for people when the, the first school they're at and you, you decide to opportunity to transfer in Eastern Illinois, I'm sure is one of the several schools that looked at you. What was it mm -hmm. that, that sold you about wanting to come to Eastern Illinois, especially there, there were FCS schools in, in the state of Alabama and a couple that were in actually even the OVC at the time, Samford and, and Jacksonville state. Yeah. And I actually went on a visit to Samford as well and JSU and, um, 
and UAB as well. And the UAB coach at the time uh, uh, took the Sanford job. And I remember I started Tennessee, Tennessee Tech job and we was talked after that game um, uh, my senior year at Eastern. But um, Eastern for me was like, uh, was interesting because you know I, I called Coach Nutt and I was telling him like, hey, I really wanted to think about transferring. I really wanted to do pre-med. It was extremely difficult to do it there. Uh, so that was one of the big reasons why I kind of considered like kind of moving on to somewhere else that was a smaller school. And um, and Coach Turner, who was a position screen coach at the time at Arkansas, got the head screen coach job at Eastern. And he was the first person came to mind because we were really close in terms of, uh, you know, he was a guy like, you know, he registered to work out all the time. Like, you know, he was my coach that was there with me. And um, I called him. I was like, hey, I think about leaving. And um, I just did a little Google search, you know, at, at the school he was at, which was Eastern, because, you know, he told us he was leaving to go to Eastern. I thought, wow, these guys are pretty good. They just won an OBC conference, you know, and uh, beat JSU and all those things. And so I called him, and he was like, hey, uh, he linked me up with Coach Joseph, who was a recruiting coordinator at the time. And then uh, we, um, myself and my parents took a trip here. And so I met Coach Rock first, then Coach Foo. And then um, after that, they put me on the golf cart. And then I went to the biological sciences department and met the the dean of the, of the, the school of sciences there. I was like, they sold me. So and I, I went back and signed my, my letter then. It sounds like, and we're going to talk in the, about how you got interested in that, but it, it sounds like from an early age, you knew that football was a pathway to wanting to get into the medical field. And so I guess what, you mentioned it a couple times here. What what got you interested in wanting to be in the medical field? Was it was it experience early on? Was it a, a family friend, something along those lines that kind of turned you into that that field? Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, one is um, um, uh, Dr. Ruder. He was the you know team doc there. And, you know, God bless him. But he was the one of ones that kind of really kind of. Um, uh, got me interested in the field. I used to shadow him. I used to go down to the duty clinic, you know, so he had that avenue of like showing me like medicine and orthopedics. And that's kind of like, you know, sprung my interest to, to know what kind of what I want to do right now. But as a kid, I always wanted to be a doctor. I still remember a story like we, um, we, we found a baby picture in my, in my house as a kid. And it was a kid that was, that was preemie, head was shaven, ICU and everything. And I was, my, we was like, man, who's this kid? And everybody was like laughing and stuff. My mom was like, Donald, that was you, you know, I was, like, what you mean? I was, you know, one pound, 14 ounce baby. And, um, and then him, the stories of what those doctors did to, to save my life, you know, and, um, you know, I was born in my hometown of Anderson, the airlifted me from Birmingham. And um, I spent, you know, several months in the hospital and just knowing like how much of a difference, you know, physicians can, can, can make, and, you know, particularly my parents and kind of did a great job that they did in, in Birmingham, you know, for myself. I just kind of knew then, like, that's probably something what I wanted to do. I had no idea what it meant <laughs> to get into, but, but that's kind of my first interest of, like, medicine. Now, for you, and, and orthopedic is where you're, I think I'm saying that correctly. I've seen orthopedic and orthopedic, and I've, I, I know there's, there's two different spellings. I, I looked this up on Google. One's mm -hmm. a British word, and one's the American version, but essentially they're the, the, the same thing, and is that the medicine you knew you kind of wanted to go into, or is that something where you said those experiences with Dr. Ruder and the, the Benuti Clinic kind of shifted you more towards that path? Yeah, I mean, to me, it made more sense, you know, because as orthopedics is, to me, I, I like being active. And us as people love, we love to be active, you know, and um, injuries and those things kind of, you know, can kind of take that away. And, and orthopedics is like an avenue that I can use to kind of get back to the field, which is, you know, which I enjoy. Particularly at Tulane University, where um, 
you know, we used to cover football games, high school, junior high, that citywide physical. So it was a way for me to kind of, you know, get back with two kids that kind of like how we're, you know, coming out of, you know, middle of nowhere, Alabama. And like, you know, and, and I, to, I love dropping little Easter eggs in the kids' head. Like, hey, man, you can do what I do one day. Like, it's pretty cool. You know, but, you know, the sports medicine orthopedics is, is kind of like, you know, it just makes sense. It's like, it's, it's, it's me getting people back to hopefully, you know, teamwork, obviously, like getting someone back to be active and stuff, so. Now, for you, as a football player, the football players may be one of the ones, I don't want to say they're the sport that sees the orthopedic surgeon or the, the, the sports medicine doctor the most, but I know they, because it's a, it's a physical sport, did you feel like you were able to kind of, you, you thought, as, as I'm going through this and I'm sitting in the training room over there at O'Brien Field, and did you, were you kind of the inquisitive type of person that trying to ask the questions as to, you know, why am I doing this type of STEM treatment or why, why do we tape an injury in, in a certain way? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was used to always ask questions and stuff. And like, um, and, um, and Jen, uh, Tim Q, she was our trainer at the time. And she used to kind of like, kind of show me things. And it was pretty cool. But um, Vic was Dr. Rooted and those group, those guys, I mean, like really kind of spending time with them, like away from the facility. It was like, wow, like, this is pretty cool stuff. And then they'd see some teammates come in and I'm sitting again back in the room and kind of walking in. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what they were talking about, but um, but it was pretty cool, you know. Now, you talk about your time here. We're going to get into your, your medical stuff here in a few minutes, but we'll kind of relive some of the glory days of, of playing football. You played played at Eastern for three years. Two of those years, you guys go on to the to the FCS playoffs. One of the years, you get a, a conference championship. Mm-hmm. Is, is, there a, is there a moment maybe in that, that time period that, that kind of stands out for you? I know being an Alabama kid, going down and maybe winning at JSU or Sanford had to be, they got to be up there near the top of your list. Yeah. My first year um, there back in 2006, when we won the conference was, um, uh, we won it through JSU again, you know, I guess the year before they, they, they won, sorry, it was 2007. Um, but I still remember the, um, the play where it was fourth and one, um, uh, JSU ran like a little stretch play to our sideline and, um, and then uh, T-Funk, Terrence Sanders, laid the guy out right there and came up short and um, literally by inches. And, um, and that's my first championship in, in my life was, uh, was that play, you know? And, um, and so that's one of the memories, like, I don't think I ever forget, so. Okay. And then for, you're going to go through there, you, you play there and you, you play with some interesting guys. And I'm always <laughs> curious as to, as to when you, you play with different guys, football's a, a team sport and sometimes the balance is based on how your defense is set up. You played opposite of a guy named Pierre Walters, who people are going to know that name. Pierre ended up being All-American, played in the league for, for a couple of years. As you're the defensive end playing on the other side from him, did that, you know, make your game a little bit easier, a little bit more difficult sometimes when you're, when the other guy has all the attention? Yeah, well, I looked up a lot to Pierre. Pierre was, he was one of my, closest friends there at Eastern and like, you know, he knew, you know, it was this big transfer coming in for Arkansas and whatever. It's like, you know, playing the same position he's playing, you know. And so, but, you know, he, we took that relationship as like us being like, we were like probably the closest of anyone, especially on the defensive line with Pierre and I, you know. And so he really pushed me uh, tremendously to, to be better, always because I used to compete with him, you know, it's like, you know, if he's go off and gets two sacks in practices, I got to get three, you know, yeah. or you know, if he power cleans 350 pounds, I got to do five pounds more or whatever, but, you know, he always got me a power clean, you know, but, but Pierre and I was like, 
we're really close friends and um you know even even today like i you know we, we we're, we're still pretty good friends and stuff i haven't spoke to him in a while i know he has he has a lot of stuff going on up there but um yeah, he's getting into the MMA, mma fighting and been very successful from what from what i can see on it <laughs> oh, oh yeah i don't look well, pierre is like he <laughs> i call him if i ever need some help somewhere you know? yeah. <laughs> But he, um, but Pierre was, he was always the guy that like, I, I looked up to, I wanted to be like, and, you know, and he pushed me more than anybody to kind of to be a better player, a better defender. Um, I learned a lot about him, how to play defensive end. You know, like I didn't play defensive end. I played linebacker at Arkansas, played linebacker in high school. Um, and, you know, just kind of, you know, following him, mimicking him and, you know, doing, you know, drills after practice, like middle and summer drills and stuff. Like he, he really pushed me to be, the player I was, and I think my senior year was so much better because um, having him on the other side because it's like, you know, a lot of teams were favored toward him, and like, and then sometimes it opened up for me and stuff, and you know, but we we kind of think we complement each other pretty well, you know, back back then. So now we've talked a little bit about your football career, and I think a lot of times people don't know when it's going to be it, when it's going to be over, and when what they're going to do next. From from mm-hmm. talking to you and knowing you when you were here, Donovan, I you can remember the game you were at and even the year, the last game you played to me, that seems like you kind of already knew that was the culmination that you already had greater things that you were going to do away from the football field. How knowing already that, that football was going to end for you at the college level, how much did that help you maybe prepare that, that senior year and then to take those next steps in your life? Yeah, I mean, it definitely assists, you know, and, um, and, you know, I kind of always in the back of my mind, like, man, should I could have played playing? I could have played maybe, maybe got picked up somewhere, maybe arena, you know. But to me, it's like, you know, I've seen a route before where, you know, one season between three turns to four, five, you know, and before you know it, it's like kind of, you know, you know, you got to hang it up at some point, you know. And, and for me, it's like I, I wanted to just kind of move on to at least push for something that I know the end goal for me was 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 getting back to, to the sports, you know, or getting back to the sideline and, and um and then you know you know looking at those those numbers when it ticked down up at Tennessee Tech I kind of I, I, it hit me then it's like man I guess this is phase two for me so okay but phase two has been been a very successful phase for you you said it's a long process as you talked about you're just now finishing up uh, your medical school your residency you did your residency at at Tulane University which by a reputation standpoint has got to be one of the top ones in in the country. What was that experience like, and, and kind of what did you, what did you maybe learn from from that that you didn't know about the profession when you got started? All right, I mean, you know, orthopedics is, is usually the, the the cool specialty everybody wants to kind of get into in med school. Is like it's you know it's a lot of them. Uh, it's changing though, you know. It's not like it's just all guys who play football and sports. You know, now it's like you know we're, we're pushing for like different things, diversity. You know, where you're from, you know would you let it, you know, don't care too much anymore. So now is it's, it's a cool field because it's, it's, it's starting to kind of look a little bit different. And, you know, we're getting people from different places to kind of do the field, and, you know, and then orthopedics is that Tulane to me was like a phenomenal experience because uh, orthopedic residency is hard. It's long hours. It's tough. Um, you know, you're dealing with people or, or you're having to, uh, you know, help people during situations where you know this is the worst day or time they ever been they gave a bad accident they got multiple broken bones i mean it's painful and um and even for us it's like yeah, yeah we see a lot of this it's kind of every day but it's not every day for everybody else you know and so i always kind of uh took that, that 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 perspective of 
you know, treat everyone like this is the worst day in life because it is, you know, and I have phenomenal mentors at, at Tulane, um, starting with my chairman, uh, Dr. Sabal, all the way up to my program director, uh, Dr. Gladden, like these guys were always telling us to, to do what you can for someone and make sure that you do the best for someone and treat them as, as they're your family member, you know, and then those five years are long five years, but they kind of went by, you know, because it's, to me, it's like, I went through this knowing that, you know, you know, I got to be a better person. I got to be a better doc. And then, you know, and hopefully, you know, I had to leave this place a better position than I was I went into. You know, you go into residency, have no idea about treating patients. <laughs> um, one thing is like in med school, you know, you're following the resident, you're following the attending and following other people who's making the decisions. And then later, like your first day of residency, it's like, here you go. These are your patients. You got to do what you can to take care of them, you know. Um, and so, you know, my, my whole mindset was leaving residency as a better doc, as a better person I was coming into it. And, um, and I think I did a, a good job just, you know, just having those mentors there, you know, and then teaching the, the younger residents below me those, those same values as well. You know, you, you got to do what you can for people because, you know, you never know. It could be you or your family member one day, you know, and you really want someone there who's going to be able to do what they can to make sure that they do what's best for you. Now you talked about, you, you hit on there, the long grueling hours. How do you felt like in, in addressing people that could be you know, at the lows or at highs that they go through? How did you feel like being an athlete and maybe in football in particular, when you, you think back to those days of or the two-a-days and even sometimes probably when you played three-a-days, mm-hmm. did you feel like those maybe prepared you a little bit than maybe differently than some of your other, your classmates who maybe not have ever been through that type of situation? Oh, yes. Um, those 5 a.m. workouts and runs and, and practice and three, four days a week is like, I mean, it's that's grueling as well, physically and mentally, you know, in terms of football, you know. And uh, and going through med school and going through, you know, residency is like, you know, med school is like you could have like six hours of classes a day. The rest of the day, you just pretty much do what you can, review all the information. And the same thing for residency is like, you know, yeah, they're, they're long hours, but, you know, I, I've been through worse, you know, me coming in and, you know, five o'clock in the morning to, you know, around on 20 patients is, you know, I, I get up and I used to get up and run, you know, or, yeah. or work out and then doing stuff throughout the day and doing different tasks throughout the day. I mean, football definitely prepped me for, for um, uh, the career, you know. Okay. And now one of the things that is a little bit different and, and one of the reasons we, we kind of got reconnected on this is last year we did a series on the people in the medical field that had to deal with COVID. And while you're not necessarily a doctor in terms of that would deal with that, I'm, I'm sure that every, it was all hands on deck during COVID situations and you guys were down in New Orleans. What was, what was that like? And how did, how did you have to kind of maybe change the way you approach the field and dealing with people when you all of a sudden you had to help with some of the COVID situations? Yeah. COVID it hit New Orleans pretty hard um, last year, you know, um, when it, it was one of the first epicenters um, for, for the, the, you know, the pandemic in the country again. And, and, and New Orleans and the medical district, kind of what I worked, um, kind of got everything. I mean, it got everything from, you know, the most rural areas of the state to, you know, the, even the, the, you know, the entire city of New Orleans, you know. And it, it was hard, you know. It was, it was, it was, it was more of um, a combination of um, trying to protect, you know, yourself, your family, and, you know, and then balance that as well as you got to help the people who are in the hospital, you got to help those who are sick, because unfortunately, you know, orthopedics and trauma and injuries, those happen, you know, it can be a pandemic, and it may not be one, you know, you still have to go in and take care of people, 
Um, and so it, it, it was, it was stressful, you know, and then, um, I think the hardest part, like when, when, when it really got hit and it really got bad, uh, almost everything in the city shut down, including like the hospitals, you know, it was like, and it's like my senior year of, of training and, you know, I'm teaching, I'm doing so much, um, to the point, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, almost ready to be out on my own to like, it was a big stop button. Like, you know, everything stopped and went to a halt and everything went towards like COVID and COVID prevention and, um, hospital, new protocols, things changing every day, rules changing. I mean, it, it was, it was pretty, uh, intimidating to say the least, you know, but, um, but the city did a good job. It got through it, you know, and, you know, and I think they're, you know, a model city right now in terms of like how to deal with it because, you know, we did get it, get it pretty bad. And I got to imagine that it, that it's, I, I have friends that are in the medical profession here and I know kind of what they went through with their families. I got to imagine it was the, the same way for you. you your wife is there and I don't think she's, I don't know if she's in the medical field, but you probably had to be worried every time you went to work is, am I bringing this home to my family? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I would, I would get home and I mean, completely wash everything, wash my clothes um, before I even sit down and touch anything, you know, but, um, and, and there's been times like, I mean, I've, I've been exposed to COVID, you know, and, and you do the quarantine and have to sleep in different rooms. I mean, it's, it's a lot, you know, one thing that you don't want to do is, 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 you know, bring anything home to the point, like, you know, someone gets sick, but, you know, but, you know, but, you know, as frontline workers, like, you know, my team members and, you know, the guys who I work with and the girls I work with, I mean, you have to, you have to do your job, you know. Now for you, you're in the, the last year of, you did five years of the residency at Tulane and now you're out in Colorado where we're, where we're speaking with you today. And do you have a, the year out there now in Colorado, is that to do a, a specialty or is that something that is already by design through the program um, that everybody kind of leaves Tulane and goes to these other out branch areas? Yeah, so it's, it's similar to applying to for, for residency where, you know, you finish med school and you want to do orthopedics you apply to X amount of orthopedic programs, you interview, and then it's a system where, you know, say my top choice is Tulane, and I interviewed at six places, and then my last choice is whatever school. I rank those schools like one through six, <clears throat> and then the schools or the programs rank the students they want kind of one through okay. the interview, and then the system kind of pairs them up, you know, so it, it, it's, it's similar to in terms of for fellowship um, here in, in Colorado, um, was similar. Like I applied for a lot of places uh, to do sports medicine, and um, and what I'm at right now, the Stedman Clinic, or the Stedman Clinic Institute, uh, Research Institute, is like one of the probably um, one of the best fellowships you can do in terms of going to do sports medicine. You know, phenomenal mentors, phenomenal resources. Um, you know, Olympic doctors for ski U.S. snowboard team, all the way up to you know your high school, you know, lacrosse teams. Like it's it's, it's one of the ones that you know if everyone who's applying to sports medicine will want to get interviewed here and um and um and very fortunate uh or lucky to even get a spot here you know so and, and so it's a similar i interviewed at a bunch of places and this is kind of where i wanted to be and um it just worked out for me it's just one year got one more year to, to, to practice you know before you get out of your home so and then then after that so you'll be done with that and you're already a doctor, but now you'll be out there and I don't want to say you'll be able to be a practicing doctor because that, that sounds like you, you couldn't help anybody right now, which is, is not the case. But what mm. what kind of is the next step for you? Do you, I don't know, do these types of places have jobs already lined up for you? Do you gonna kind of go out on your own? What what becomes the next step for, for Donovan Johnson as the, the doctor that's got all the residencies now done? 
Yeah, next step for us is um, us. We we just finding settled on a on a position of a job. You know, I had a couple of options, and all of them are really good, and it was kind of hard to pick. Uh, but we're going to be going to the Myrtle Beach area. Um, okay. She's from North Carolina, so it's not too far from her hometown and her home area. Uh, but this is a phenomenal job, a phenomenal opportunity. It's a it's a, a new practice, so I'm helping to build. You know, and and um, and it's a community that has a big need for orthopedics there too. Um, so for, for me, it's kind of like kind of spot on perfect. And we're beach people, like you know, when we was in New Orleans, we drive up to Florida at least every once a month and once every two months. So, um, you know, I do now. We just be like you know, five minutes away. Which is yes, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a bad place to live. There, are, there are um, there'll be a lot of beaches there for you. And if you don't golf, you better pick up golf because I think there's a lot of those courses there as well. So, oh yeah, I got I got to get some lessons. So. <laughs> So I guess away from there, I can I can only imagine how stressful. I know how stressful playing a, a sport is. Imagine how stressful the the doing the residency and kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. What do you to kind of do? You and your wife kind of do. You've already mentioned you kind of go to the beach. What do you guys kind of do to decompress? I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean we 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 love hiking, uh, biking. We t- we took up biking pretty pretty well here um it's been cold so we haven't biked in a while we, it was warm this past weekend so we we're able to do that uh but we just had a three-month-old so okay congratulations uh, <laughs> so that's 99 percent of the time it's kind of going toward that and my wife she's, she's doing a phenomenal job i mean she's um uh it's, it's a lot of work you know but um but we we, we enjoy the, the outdoor stuff for sure so now for you kind of a I would, I would use you as a, as a mentor and a role model here. When you talk about people, what, what football can do for you, if you were to kind of give people advice or even talk to a younger Donovan Johnson, what, what are things that you would tell him steps along the way to kind of make sure you take or embrace certain opportunities to kind of, to make sure that you can be in a situation like you're in now? The biggest thing I would just, I would tell myself is like, you know, it's going to be hard sometimes. Like, you know, everything is the worst until the worst happens, you know, and, and the one thing that you have to do is make sure that you, you stick with what you, with the plans that you set for. I mean, everybody has a different path, you know, for me to get into med school was, wasn't easy. Um, I did a post-baccalaureate program, which is like a, a, this is like a special program that you doesn't get, you don't get a degree, but you take high-end classes just to kind of show that you can do it. And, and I thought I had everything it took to get into med school. And apparently, I mean, you think about it is a lot of the kids that I was applying with, I mean, these guys have been just full out A plus students all the time they have is dedicated towards academics, you know, doesn't have another full time job, like, you know, sports or anything like that. And so it, it was hard. And I knew like I wasn't ready, you know, and it was, it was and I kind of easy kind of got deterred from going this path just by not getting the first time and the second time. But, you know, third time was like, no, this is what I want to do, you know, and, and it takes someone to kind of hear that story uh, to kind of, believe into you know and um, my pre-med advisor at Eastern was the first one to say you can do it and then and that's all it took for me was like seeing that and hearing that you know and uh, and not not give, giving up with it you know it's a long path but anything that's worth it it's going to take some work to do you know so just just stick with it don't give up um don't take no for an answer and then you can do it very good and then my kind of final question here for you is the we talked about the orthopedic orthopedic areas and they Sometimes a lot of people will go to them for specialties. You can be an arm guy, a, a foot guy, a knee guy. Is there a, are you kind of the holistic approach or is there a specialty there that, that, that you kind of will be as part of the clinic that you're going to? 
and I always thought myself to, I always wanted to do general orthopedics, which is like, you know, where my back hurts or, you know, little Timmy hurt his foot, you know, like I, I see anything or do anything, but my focus is uh, that I really want to do is going to be shoulder, hip and knee uh, for the most part. Shoulder, like rotator cuff, shoulder replacement, uh, hip arthroscopy, um, uh, knee replacements, hip replacements, and then like, you know, sports injuries like ACLs and uh, meniscus stuff. So pretty much the, the big joints that kind of get us moving. So. That's good. Hopefully, um, we're not at the age where anybody, your former teammates, have to come in and see you anytime soon, Donovan. But it'll be good that they've got they got somebody they can give a call to if they if they have a question. Yeah, you never know. Hey, I got had knee surgery eighteen months ago now. You know, from um, uh, pretty bad meniscus and stuff. So, you know, these injuries they they can they kind of knock on the door once you kind of hit thirty or mid thirty. So. Yeah, very true. Well, it was good catching up with you. I do appreciate you being our guest and. Best of luck on finishing the fellowship there and uh, being able to move on to the next step of your life. And congratulations to you and your wife on the, the newborn. Thank you so much, Rich. It was good seeing you, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, yeah, you. Bye.